It is nearly impossible to imagine daily life in Harbor Creek without the business sector of Buffalo Road. The corridor is without a doubt the most important artery of both national and local business within the township, as well as the East Erie County area. The road quickly took on this role as the township developed and the road transformed into a highway. From its early establishments offering refreshments and accommodations to travelers of the road, to its current state as a critical retail core, business was and is essential to Buffalo Road and the success of Harbor Creek Township. Hello! Welcome to this episode of Artery of the Community, Stories of Buffalo Road, a Mercyhurst University Public History Senior Project. My name is Stephen Moradian, and I'm your host. On this episode, we will explore how Buffalo Road came to be a prominent sector of business within Harbor Creek and the East Erie County area, and the impact that has had on the economy of Harbor Creek Township. In 1823, John Dodge moved with his wife Betsy from Corning, New York to Harbor Creek. He left the family farm to his son, John Dodge Jr., who then, in 1853, had the elegant home that sits in the village of Harbor Creek built for him and his family. The house was designed by Elias Barger of Westfield, New York, and constructed from over 165,000 bricks made in Northeast. Dodge Jr. used the property to offer a safe stop for livestock drivers of cattle, pigs, and sheep headed east to Buffalo and Toronto. He provided water and feed to the animals, as well as a comfortable night's sleep for the drivers. He also owned a handle, shingle, and sawmill across the street from the home during the 1870s, which was run by steam partially manifesting from a gas well on the property. Dodge Jr., no stranger to local events, also participated in the Railroad War during the 1850s. Dodge Jr. left the home to his son Edwin and his wife Isabella Moorhead, who following their death left it to their own daughter Mary. Under Mary's ownership, the Dodge home was turned into a boarding house named Cold Brook Farm, operated with help from her sister, Anna, and her husband. During the 1930s, Buffalo Road became a transportation hub and the Cold Brook Inn catered to tourists looking for a rest. The house still stands and exists largely in its original state at the heart of the village. As described in the tourism episode, the Fiddle Inn was originally built as the Hume Hotel around 1807 as a stagecoach stop, but the story of the Fiddle Inn begins on the north side of Buffalo Road, where Martin Anstead, a well-known violin player, operated the Fiddle Inn as a tavern, gas station, and bed and breakfast. In 1942, sisters Mary Cadicio and Helen Whitford purchased the Fiddle Inn. With help from their parents, Frederick and Julia Ferenzena, they ran the business successfully, each having their own responsibilities. Julia Ferenzena claimed that travelers visited the Fiddle Inn instead of Johnny Knoll's place across the street because Knoll catered to a more exclusive clientele. In 1944, the sisters decided they had outgrown the property on the north side and purchased Johnny Knoll's across the street, moving the Fiddle Inn there. In 1961, a fire struck the Fiddle Inn, nearly destroying it. The original neon sign that stood out front was sold after Buffalo Road was widened and became too close to the highway. The Cadicio slash Ferenzena family owned and operated the business until 1999 over 50 years after they began it. The Fiddle Inn remains a successful business in Harbor Creek along the Buffalo Road Corridor. Meanwhile, the now vacant site of the original Fiddle Inn on the north side of Buffalo Road had been purchased by Floyd Richards. Richards owned a store down the road. In 1921, in order to prevent more rail accidents, the underpass or subway was built to go under the railroad tracks. This meant that the road would be lowered by several feet to allow cars and people to pass below the tracks. The general store that was located just beyond where the underpass is today, on the north side of Buffalo Road, was owned by Floyd Richards and named Richards Little Giant Store. When the subway was built, 
His store ended up being a few feet higher than that of the road, requiring customers to use a ladder to access the store. Needless to say, this was not ideal. Richards excavated below the store and moved it down one level. However, in 1954, when Buffalo Road was widened to its current state, the store was in the way and had to be moved back up a few feet. A tumultuous existence, indeed, finally saw its closure in the 1960s due to the growing popularity of larger grocery stores. In the early 1920s, German immigrants John and Babette Seishab purchased the property just east of Stan's Garden Center on Buffalo Road. Babette wanted to raise dogs for pets, show, and police work, which is indeed what the couple decided to do and open the Perry Kennels on the site. She traveled to Germany several times to import desired breeds such as Schnauzers, German Shepherds, and Dobermans to the business back in Harbor Creek. In fact, she was one of the first breeders to import German Shepherds for police work in the Chicago Police Department. Some of her dogs were taken to dog shows around the country. Even the Baron family bought one from her. Babette opened a successful tea room in the 1930s and put an expansion on the business to add a dance hall and cocktail lounge. The couple died in the late 1930s, while both in their 50s, but their son, also named John, ran the lounge into the 40s. The property was altered several times, and John owned an egg business before retiring and selling it in the 1960s. Harbor Creek Township once boasted three separate post offices, or rather post pickup sites, not so much physical buildings. One at Wesleyville, Harbor Creek, and Moorheadville. Each one a stop on the Lakeshore and Nickel Plate Railroad. Reports suggest that mail was once also picked up behind where the Fiddle Inn stands today. One of the first documented post office buildings was the home of Ida and Mary Furman, with the words Harbor Creek Post Office written over the door, Harbor being spelled with a U. After one more location on the south side of the road, the post office was moved to the north side in the Century Hardware Building up into the 1960s. The post office moved yet to another location on the north side constructed for that purpose, occupied for less than two decades. Finally, a new building was built at its current site in, at 7175 Buffalo Road in 1986, back again on the south side of the road. Worth noting, at best and problematic at worst, the building was on the site of a Presbyterian cemetery. The bodies were disinterred and moved to Erie Cemetery and other local burial sites. The 1960s saw an explosion of retail and business along Buffalo Road in Harbor Creek. Eastway Plaza, home to much of the township's retail space, opened to the public on March 31, 1960. The plaza held 10 days of events to celebrate its grand opening. A kid's dog show was held with many prizes for the winners, including a Shetland pony. What a kid was supposed to do with a free pony is beyond me. Customers to the new plaza could also visit a $25,000 simulated 84-foot-long spaceship, go on free stagecoach rides, free merry-go-round rides, and even win a free 1960 Studebaker Lark. Not to mention the doorbuster deals that the new businesses were offering. Free parking and daily bus service was also advertised. A couple businesses had actually opened prior to the plaza itself. Miller's Department Store opened in August of 1959, boasting 60,000 square feet of retail space. Fairway Hardware opened in 1960. In June of 1972, Dipson's Movie Theater announced a second location to be opened at Eastway Plaza. Their first location in Westbury Plaza had been a community staple that entertained adults and children alike. The Eastway location operated into the 2000s. By 1985, the plaza was home to Carpet Outlet, Toy World, Marine Bank, Pewter Gallery, Haircrafters, Taco Bell, Fashion Barn, and Doll Camper Store. Eastway Plaza has remained one of the largest retail centers in East Erie County, and Giant Eagle moved its superstore from their own plaza on the north side of Buffalo Road to the site in June of 2012. Other retail ventures include the Kmart Plaza at 4401 Buffalo Road, which opened in November of 1969 with 25,000 square feet of retail space. 
Eastsiders wanted a Kmart after West Erie got one. The store had over 40 departments and closed in 2017. The plaza had also hosted a Big Lots, Hallmark, Subway, and Mexican restaurant. Walmart store number 3,281 opened its Harbor Creek doors at 5741 Buffalo Road on January 21, 2004. The location was cleared for a small filling station to be built in 2005, but it never came to be. The corridor is also home to many fast food giants including McDonald's, Wendy's, Arby's, Burger King, KFC, Pizza Hut, and Taco Bell. Other chain restaurants include Perkins, Applebee's, Bob Evans, and Panera. The commercialization of Buffalo Road saw a shift from primarily local businesses that catered to both locals and tourists, but to more nationally recognized giants that are almost exclusively utilized by local residents. The construction of Interstate 90 in the 1950s had much to do with the sudden disappearance of tourist patronization of businesses. Travelers through the region had little reason to get off the highway and journey down to Route 20 for their gas, food, or accommodation needs. While the Harbor Creek economy is no longer fueled by tourists, locals are served proficiently by the many options that the Buffalo Road corridor has to offer. Harbor Creek residents are offered with diverse options when it comes to groceries, gas, retail, food, and entertainment business establishments. Buffalo Road is an ever-changing scene that, much like the rest of the country, adapts to new challenges and preferences of the community. So I'm here with Nancy Brown, who has essentially lived on Buffalo Road for her entire life and has borne witness to its many changes, and she is also a very active member of the Harbor Creek Historical Society. Welcome. Just to get started, uh, describe life on Buffalo Road growing up. Uh, your dad owned a store, so were you involved, and what was it like? Well, sure. I was a mom-and-pop grocery store, <laughs> so the family was automatically involved. I started when I was five, starting to stamp cans and putting them on shelves, <laughs> and I went through it until I was clerking in high school, so I was very involved in the store the whole time, and people ask me if I miss it, and I tell them like a toothache. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so give us some more details of the store. What was, what was it like being there, and what was, you know, what was sold, what was, what was going on there? You could buy anything in our store. It was, um, I guess you would call it a medium-sized store at the time. Uh, we had a full range of meats. We had a frozen food case, which was introduced when I was a kid. It was something very new, having frozen food. Um, you could get fruits and vegetables. They also put some um, dry goods involved. You could buy um, overalls and hats and shirts and things like that. That was left over from it being a general store before that. And people still came in for that sort of thing. My, there were two stores here in the village and my dad's store traditionally had been the farmer's store. Before they had credit cards, um, they used to keep accounts. And the other store in town had basically dealt with the people who lived in the village and paid cash where our store traditionally had been a farmer's store and we kept accounts uh, during the year and then when the crop came in, they would come in and pay off their bill. And my dad was still doing that. It wasn't all farmers at that point, but we gave credit, which most stores did not. Yeah, and to uh, add to that, so you live in the former uh, location of the Fiddle Inn, correct? Yeah, we, we bought the house that was the Fiddle Inn, and 
the initials to the land there. They belonged to the Carter family, who also owned the store. And um, his, well, Ralph Carter built the store. Uh, I've gotten it back to 1838. And his grandson built this house, Daniel built this house. And uh, the Carter family lived in it until both of the sons went to college and left town. And the two daughters, maiden daughters, were left. And they ended up moving into their grandfather's house next door and leased this house out to Martin, um, uh, what was his name? Martin. Anstead? Pardon? Anstead? Anstead, that was it, yep. Yeah, he was the principal violinist in the orchestra in Erie. And he was friends with Johnny Knoll, who was running the hotel across the street as, as Johnny Knoll. And Johnny Knoll had very upscale clientele. And, but they didn't serve meals over there, really. It was mostly dine, dining and, and dancing over there. And they decided, Martin decided he wanted to have a place where he could have a sit-down meal. And um, he leased his place and made it into the fiddle inn. He, why he called it the fiddle inn, I don't know. He was he played classical violin. He didn't play fiddle. <laughs> but he did go around and play the violin for people as they were eating here. And this was basically, you would come here for a nice dinner and then you would go across the street for dancing. And people would come out on the trolley. But it wasn't really for locals. Um, locals really didn't hang out here for when it, this was the fiddle in. Hmm. Yeah, I've, I've researched some of, some of that. I didn't realize that uh, it wasn't as much for locals, but I think that kind of interestingly adds, you know, yeah. something, there adds something to the project. There was quite a tourist trade on the trolley. <laughs> you came out to Harbor Creek for the weekend, and... Um, Almost everybody had a few cabins, and you stayed in the cabins that were all along the Route 20 here. And you came out here for the weekend to get out of the city and come to the country. Yeah. Uh, can you describe your family connection a little bit more? I know you talked about the store, about how, how exactly is everything connected. <laughs> my mom was a Davison, like Davison Road. So my family has lived on Buffalo Road since they came to the township. My great-great-great-great-grandfather came here and lived along the Buffalo Road. But, uh, he was he came to Creek about the same time the road was cut. The road was cut in 1805. And he came around that time from 20 Mile Creek was his first, his first um, claim. And then he came here to Harbor Creek. So my mom's family has been here forever. My dad's um, family traded off a farm over in the West County for a store. <laughs> um, the history of the store, uh, the Carters built it, and then the um, Riblets took it over. It seemed to be something that when you were too, getting too old or too arthritic to be farming, you took over a store. Um, that seemed to be a pretty common thing. And the Riblets took it over when they were older. And then a man named Tip Allen um, ran it for a long time. And then the Roberts, Byron Roberts, ran it for a long while. And they were looking to get out of the store business. And my father was very interested in having a 
store business. His best friend had the general store in Cherry Hill over in the western part of the county. And my dad really liked the looks of a general store and thought that's what he wanted to do. So my grandfather traded a farm for a store. (laughs) And my dad came here by himself to run the store. Uh, He ran it until he got drafted to World War II. And then my grandparents came from the western part of the county and ran the store during the war while he was gone. He was at the South Pacific. And um, when he came back, they went back to their farm briefly. But when um, I was in kindergarten, my grandmother's house burned. My grandfather had died while my dad was in the Philippines. So when he came home, my, my grandma was the only one here. And she went back to her house in Cherry Hill. But um, it burned. Struck by the tree in front of it, was struck by lightning. And it burned the house before she could get help out there. And um, they, my dad ended up moving her back here to Harbor Creek. She lived above the store. My dad lived above the store when he was alone. And people used to assume that we lived above the store, but we didn't. We lived in this house instead. <laughs> oh, quite the quite the connection. So. You've taken on many responsibilities at the Harbor Creek Historical Society, obviously. Uh, so describe some of your research there, specifically what you've been doing with the Dodge Journals. Yeah, my main my main thing is the Dodge Journals. Um, when I was a kid, uh, Mary, Anna Marion lived up in Brandel's house, which was the Dodge house. She was the last of the Dodges. And her grandkids grew up down in um, Marionville, Frostburg, which is outside of Marionville. And um, they used to come up here every summer, and we used to play together. So I grew up knowing Ed and Anna and and playing down in the house down there. And when I was in high school, I joined the junior historians. I was in the history club the whole way through high school, from 8th grade through 12th. And um, Anna knew that her kids didn't have her, any, her grandkids didn't really have any connection to Harbor Creek, and she wanted people to know about their family and stuff. And so she suggested as a project for the History Club and when I was in high school um, to come over and read the journals. So I knew the journals existed. I had read some of them when I was in high school. But um, Ed and Anna died, and and they cleaned out the house, and I had no idea what had happened to them or if they still existed. But we were contacted by her granddaughter, Susan, who was her youngest granddaughter, and she was the keeper of the journals. (laughs) And for a long while, she couldn't part with them. She was still reading them, really. And she would bring them to the historical site when we were trading them off. She'd bring in two or three. And I started reading them seriously. And basically, when I read them, I took notes on family history. I took notes on church history. They were very active in the Presbyterian Church. And I took church history, village history. And then anything just kind of interesting that came along, I would write it down. I would take notes on it. And we did that trading off for a long while. She'd give me a couple, and I'd give her a couple back. And we did that back and forth. 
But finally, a few years ago, she had a very serious health emergency, and she decided that it was time her kids it didn't care about any of it. And she decided to just donate them to the Historical Society. And she came with two carloads of stuff. She lives up by Albany, New York. And she came with her little car, literally stuff. There wasn't a square inch of space in there. We ended up with this whole big shelf of Dodge materials. I really haven't gone through anything. And I, I keep saying I'll be 100 before I'm done with the journals. Um, I say I'm still taking notes the same way I did. Right now, I would like to stop and write about the Drovers on on Route 20. I don't think that has been written down anywhere. I haven't seen it or read it or come across anyone who's familiar with it, and it's detailed in the journals, and I really think it needs to be out there. If I ever get my file cabinet straightened out and everything, I think that's going to be my next project. Yeah, I, I had seen it uh, very briefly in some of the things I looked at, but nothing extensive. So that, yeah, that sounds like a great, um, great yeah, future project. It doesn't seem to be out there very much. <laughs> it needs to be. It's one thing that I found that was very different in the journals that I'm not finding other places. Sure. So just a, well, first of all, I should ask if you have um, anything you'd like to add before I ask my last question. No, I'll talk forever. I'm a teacher, you know. I'll talk forever. <laughs> well, anyway, just to kind of wrap up, I just have, you know, what do you think business as a theme, ha how do you think business as a theme has impacted Buffalo Road, and what do you um, see as the future for it? You know, obviously you've seen uh, many changes, so how, you know, do you have any idea of what we may be looking at in the future? Back in the 1950s, uh, Harbor Creek decided to do some zoning. And they went down and they said, okay, Buffalo Road to Davidson Road is going to be commercial. <laughs> My father was very upset about that. <laughs> I remember him coming home and he scared me as a little kid. He said, if our house ever burns down, we won't be able to rebuild the house because it's now commercial. Everything has to be commercial. He was very unhappy about that. Well, the whole western end there did become commercial. They built the Eastway Plaza. You know, they I can remember when the Kmart Plaza was nothing but a very wet cornfield. <laughs> and, you know, all this stuff was being built in the west part. I imagine someday it will come all the way down Route 20 like they had planned back in the 1950s. I have not seen that. The village itself has not changed that much from when I was a little kid. Um, it really is pretty much the same um, amount of houses to businesses as there always has been. Um, <laughs> and Donna Mindek, who was a supervisor, had this vision of making the village of Harper Creek into something like Finley Lake was doing or Vallant was doing down near Slippery Rock, where they were the houses would all become little shops for people to come down through the street and make it a, you know, like a commercial village, which hasn't happened. Basically, the people that live here, uh, their kids took over the houses, and it's a lot of the same families that were here when I was a kid, just a younger generation. 
Right, yeah. So that, that really hasn't happened this far out. In fact, um, the Laura Sickernell, who was very active in the historical study, wanted to move to Florida, and she put her house up for sale. And none of the realtors would show it as anything but commercial property because it was on Buffalo Road. And it, she had a bunch of people come and look at it, but they all said, we don't want this much land, and this is way too far out. <laughs> and she wasn't. She ended up selling it privately to some people who wanted a bunch of land and wanted a house. You know, um, it, it wasn't selling as commercial property. And for instance, you might be familiar with Nelson Outfitters. Okay, that was the the IGA, and they built the new store down on the corner of Bartlett Road, and. Nelson Outfitters was in there for a long time, and a lot of people came there because it was the only place in Erie County where you could get a lot of things. And it was worth a trip out to the village of Harbor Creek to go to Nelson Outfitters. But um, any subsequent one, there was an antique dealer that tried to be there. There was a car detailing place that tried to be there. They can't keep people in it because nobody comes out this far. But it's the one and only place in the township, really, there is a demand for apartments and things here because you can walk to so many places. You don't have to drive. You, you know, there's if you want a dinner, you can go to the fiddle. If you want to get gas, you can, there's a gas station. If you want to go to church, there's a church. If there's a, want to go to the post office, there's a post office. There's a bank. There's a hardware. There was a hardware store. There's a hair salon. You know, there are a lot of things that people can like the whole idea of just walking to. And if you go to other cities, my my brother-in-law lives in a brand new city down in Texas that's planned that way so people can walk to, you know, basic stores and basic things. Can't do that anywhere else in Harbor Creek. The village is really the only place. So I'm not sure if it will change a lot. It hasn't in all these years. That's right. Yeah. So, thanks for coming on. This was really great. Um, I'm happy to happy to have you and share your your stories. And I think it's um, as with all of the interviews, add a really great element to the project. So, thank you. Buffalo Road remains the most important sector of business within Harbor Creek Township as well as East Erie County. Businesses continue to utilize the seemingly endless traffic that traverses the corridor to succeed. Both large national retailers and small local establishments indeed continuously pop up along the road, many of which stay for many decades. Business is vital to any community, and without a major artery like Buffalo Road, Harbor Creek would not get to enjoy the benefits of having such variety in establishments. As Buffalo Road continues to develop, therefore so will business, and Harbor Creek will continue to thrive. Until next time on Artery of the Community, Stories of Buffalo Road, I have been Stephen Meridian, and thank you for listening to this Mercyhurst University Public History Project. Thank you.